Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Steven. And I'm Kyle. And today, we're going to do an episode about, I don't know. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. I got a bunch of stories I put together that are kind of similar, but not totally similar. So I don't really have a name for it, but we're going to get to it. But before we do that, we got to get to the business. So I'm going to drink this and get to it. So check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, Discord, come and hang out, search up the Hollow Sky Podcast, be part of the community, and just be dope. If you have a paranormal encounter you'd like for us to feature in a future show, Kyle has a bunch of information that you're going to want. Most of this information is already in the show notes, so you can check that so you don't have to rewind, write stuff down, try to remember shit, but I'll go ahead and say it anyways. The holophone number is going to be 1618-556-0837. You can call or text that, send pictures, whatever you want to do, send videos, send links, topics for us to look into, personal stories. The whole nine. You can also use the, which I helped somebody learn about it the other day on their, their message to me on Instagram. And they're like, yo, dude, my stories are too long. They won't email. And I'm like, hey, uh, that voicemail app I always tell you about, use that one. Because I mocked it up once and let it run for 30 minutes and then shot it to our email and it totally worked just fine. So it compresses it all on its own, does everything you need it to do without any hassles and it's literally it just says voice memo app or voice memo on your smartphone if you have an iphone i'm not sure about androids but like i said you can record yourself on that and then send it to our email you can write out a story and send it to our email you can record a video send it to the email but you might have problems with uh file size that way anyways the email is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com hell yeah Send it however. You can write us a letter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. However you get it here. We got a P.O. Box, too, to send weird shit to. Yeah, 145. P.O. Box 145, Fielden, Illinois, 62031. That's all in the show notes if you would like to check that out and send us some weird shit. Yeah, weirder the better. Cursed objects. Or cool stuff, too. We got Haunted some cool objects. Stuff. Yeah, cool cool stuff, too. Uh, We'd have, we've had knives, throat drops. Coffee. Coffee, Sarah said action she, figures. Sarah said the coffee was bomb. Yeah, that's awesome. So awesome. Um, let me think. If you'd like to support the show, which I'm sure everybody is just thinking, man, how can we support these two fine gentlemen? Tons of ways you can do it. First and foremost, word of mouth. Share the show. Post it on your social medias. Share it to your friends. You know the drill. Just get the word out. We have a Patreon. If you'd like to check that out, search us up at Hollow Sky Podcast. Uh, check out the tiers. See if there's anything that uh, you're interested in. Our tiers go from $1 to $10, all sorts of different stuff. Stickers, magnets, shirts, extra content, all kinds of goodies. We have a Venmo. If you'd like to throw some change in there for our monster fund, we appreciate you greatly. And thanks to everyone who has done that so far. We also, um, you can leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts, and we appreciate that. That's super appreciated. Yes, and we will shout those out when we find them. 
Let me get to this. I am unprepared, per usual. Yeah, well, I'll go ahead and Kyle's, talk for a second. Kyle's um, got some stuff to say. In regards to the Patreon and signing up, just be warned, we are a little slow getting shit out sometimes. Uh, life gets a little crazy. Nevertheless, you always get what you're owed. And don't be afraid to message us as a reminder. And then don't also don't forget to send the information we need, like your address, your shirt sizes, those types of things, because that goes on it, you know, undone for quite some time as well. There's been a couple of people we've tried getting hold of through emails, messages, all types of stuff to no avail. So, you know, we can only do what we can do. Yeah. I'm not telecleptic yet, so <laughs> he is not a teleclepto. <laughs> but yes, please send us your uh, shipping information so we can get your goodies out to you. Found a rating and review I'm gonna throw out here today. It says favorite paranormal podcast from Vegan Sriracha Mac. God damn right. <laughs> says, no matter how many paranormal podcasts I listen to, this will always be my favorite. Steve and Kyle, you guys are super fun to listen to, and you guys always have interesting topics and takes. Your chill, starseed nature has attracted a diverse audience, and I love getting to be a part of it. If I ever get beamed up by the grays, though, I'm blaming you, too. <laughs> you guys rock. Thanks for putting so much effort into connecting with all of us, despite your busy and hardworking lives. From Florida, with peace and love, Olivia. Well, That's thanks. awesome. Thanks, Olivia. Appreciate that. We do appreciate that you're part of our little community and that you take the time to notice that we are pretty busy, but we still try to make time to put this at the forefront of everything going on because sure. we love you guys. Yeah. And this whole community we built is pretty rad. Yeah. And if you, if you by chance do get abducted by the grays, don't Call, worry. Message us. Yeah. Uh, me and Steve, We'll fight them. We'll go fuck them up. You know, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much the supernatural Steve Austin at yeah. this point. I thought it was Bruce Willis. We'll go with Steve Austin. Steve Austin. It's got to be wrestlers. Yeah. Well, I fi I figured you were the Ric Flair of the ridiculous. Or the Macho Man Randy Savage of strangeness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can go with that one. We can go with that one. Yeah. Stone Cold is a supernatural and macho man Randy Savage of strangeness. We also know a jujitsu fighter. That's true. We, we're, we're, we're sponsoring him. Yeah, shout out to our little brother Josh. He's yeah. got some big jujitsu tournaments coming up. And uh, our name's going to be on the back of his... Uh... Gee. Yeah. Stoked. Yeah, I bet, I'll bet Eddie Bravo is going to be there as well. So that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Like Josh said, it's the, it's the one to go to. It's you know out there in Vegas and stuff. It's the one to be at. So yeah, we're stoked. that's pretty fucking exciting, man. Stoked that he asked us to be part of that. So it's awesome that he made it there. Oh yeah, like his dedication yeah. over the years is fucking awesome for sure. Like that dude, that dude's been through hell and back, and he still he he never stops. He just keeps going. I, it's, I I'm always amazed by just his sheer will. To just keep trudging through it's fucking awesome yeah and if we ever have to fight interdimensional or alien beings oh he's got our back yeah so he's got our back and he and i mean i would be pretty confident to say he's gonna fuck a lot of stuff up yeah yeah so we'll walk a wide circle around him yeah <laughs> but we're proud of you dude we love you yeah absolutely man. can't wait to see how you do man on to our listener encounter and experience of the day this comes from our wonderful website that we don't keep up on, but we do get emails from. 
So this is from our friend Janet. <clears throat> Janet says, Hey y'all, been listening to your podcast for a few months now and working my way through the catalog of episodes. I love the content you're bringing and I'm so glad I found you. This is the first time I've ever submitted an experience, so I'll start with this sleep paralysis since it seems to be a good way to get my feet wet. I've experienced sleep paralysis multiple times throughout my life, but never knew what it was called until I found this podcast. It was just a weird dream as far as I was concerned. Anywho, the one that impacted me the most happened several years ago, in around 2017. I was laying in bed and I woke up, or I thought I was awake, and I saw a white, diaphanous figure hovering above the foot of my bed. It was a female figure, and while she didn't speak, she gave off waves of light and positive and calming energy. Looking at her, you just knew everything was going to be alright. At the same time, I could feel another presence to my left. On the bed beside me, it gave off a waves of fear, negative energy, and terror. I wanted to look over at it, but I found myself unable to move or even turn my head in its direction. Even in wanting to look at it, I was terrified at the prospect of, of seeing it. Neither entity spoke, and then I woke up for real. I immediately wrote it all down, as I always do, and then I or as I always do when I have such vivid, vivid dreams and experiences. Thank you for giving me a definition for this experience and for giving me a place to share it. Namaste, Janet. Well, Janet, thanks so much for sharing. Um, yeah, that is that is a sleep paralysis encounter, like, to a T almost. As I've said before, my sleep paralysis never had an entity that I had known of, that I'd seen, but I did get, like, the way you described it the waves of fear and negative energy and terror is just it's like the most afraid you can ever be but you don't have something to be afraid of if that makes sense yeah like you don't know what you're afraid of you just you it's almost like this sixth sense that you're in danger that something out there is after you but you have no idea what it is and it's the worst feeling that sounds terrible i've never also, her her encounter is very like Almost blood soy as well. I was gonna say that. Yeah. How you for how it sure. like starts out with like, like you have negative and positive at the same time. Yeah, and then the, I, did, didn't she describe a woman? Yep. Yeah. So, like it, it that was like right off the check. It reminded me of the blood soy encounters, and like that's a good point too, with the whole like, this negative positive, going back and forth there because, you know, I don't I don't think there's many people out there. That would consider an abduction great by any means. Yeah, you know, there's very few, anyways. But you, you know, then you contact you have you talk with somebody that appears to be very pleasant and of of good intention. It's a it's a it's a weird balance there. It's it's a weird one. I don't I don't know how exactly I would feel about that. We were kind of talking the blood so. Uh, encounter and other similar encounters in the discord here probably two days ago or so and I kind of had this epiphany come to my mind about how they use um, this whole like these entities are using this whole like holy kind of cover and I'm like man you hear so many times where people use the name of Jesus and it drives it drives essentially these entities away Oh, I'm like, what if I think I they know this, this and they're like mimicking being Holy Spirits? So you don't so you use don't it. use Jesus' yeah. name. Yeah, it totally makes sense to defend yourself. Yeah, against it's it. it's a, it's the whole like uh, espionage style, like you know, going in behind enemy lines, but you're acting like 
and I was you like, know the the enemy so to speak what in the hell that's that's uh that's a pretty good one I like that yeah that's I terrifying. do like that it's terrifying it is terrifying because then I mean uh, imagine if that's true because then it, you're gonna be gut checked yeah because you could you could have the most profound experience of your life and then like me for example I'm I'm a good example of that like when I described the the cross in the sky that day. Yep. Like I, I perceive that as a good experience, right? Yep. And I, and I know, I know in discord, we did toss it around. Like what if it's fucking with me, you know, just to get me to, to, to lower my securities and shit. And then now you like kind of revamp that and it's, like everyone, if everybody considered that, then everybody, which is almost a fucking a double edged sword too, because if, if we're gonna play this game, uh, what? Just by making us doubt divine intervention or divine signs, period. The end. Isn't that more or less? Like a, a a mark on the chalkboard for bad, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Like, because if it could be that they are really fucking with you, but it could also be that they're more or less just tricking you to doubt yeah. actual divine intervention, which is still a, a check mark for them on the scoreboard. Yep. Because there was multiple people in the Discord that says, like, in the Bible, you're supposed to try the spirits, test them, like, call them out. Right. Like, like are you, like, I did read some of that. Like, I did read some of that. If you're good, Prove it, right? You know, yeah, as opposed to just like accepting it for what it is, like oh. But anyway, got way off tangent there. I'm gonna pop quiz these fools, bringing it back around. But yeah, Janet, thanks so much for sharing your encounter, and it does sound spot on, like a sleep paralysis with that twist of the little uh, blood so entities in there, yeah. which seem to be popping up all over the place. It's it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to say the least. We're going to jump into this little collection of stories I put together uh, by themselves. They're weird, but if you kind of like lump them in together as like, like kind of what we talked about, entities that are mimicking things that we know and are common with, I kind of put them all together like that. So I got four or five stories here to present to you guys, and then me and Kyle will talk about them. So... Without further ado, we are going to start with the Talking Bear of Greenwater. Sounds sounds great, doesn't it? It kind of sounds like Carnival meets Serial Killer. I hope it is. I don't know, just the description of Greenwater. <laughs> I don't know, it just makes me feel like a serial killer. A <laughs> <laughs> Talking Bear, the circus, so let's yeah. go. The first encounter I have took place on Friday, July 5th, 1985. Greg and Stephanie McKay of Pierce County, Washington decided to spend the weekend camping. They picked a spot about five miles off the closest highway near Greenwater. They had been planning a weekend trip for quite a while, and they were pretty excited to have found the perfect spot. Upon arriving, they got out, and they set their tent up, gathered some firewood, built a fire, and uh, started cooking their dinner, kind of just doing what all people do when they start camping. They just finished up their food under the stars and sat out for a while, just kind of soaking in the surrounding, admiring nature, taking in all the sounds and just kind of being chill, just enjoying the start of their weekend. Kind of just having a good time not being around the city, leaving their everyday lives 
behind. Eventually, they grew tired and decided to call it a night. This night was uneventful up until just before dawn of the next morning, July 6th. Something had come out of the forest and started ransacking their campsite. This woke the couple up and Greg ran out of the tent to see what was causing all the commotion. To his shock and horror, Greg saw a massive bear ransacking their camp. When interviewed by the Pierce County Sheriff's deputies, the couple both noted that the bear stood almost eight feet tall. They also reported that the bear was exceptionally ugly and gave off a repulsive odor, and its body was covered in curly, thick brown hair. They then reported what might be one of the oddest encounters that I'd ever heard of. Upon seeing the couple emerge from the tent, the bear stopped ransacking the campsite and proceeded to lock eyes with the couple. In another interview with the United Press, Stephanie, who was 35 at the time, is quoted in saying, You may think this sounds crazy, but the bear started to talk to us. It asked us what our names were and asked whether we had permission to use the campsite. We said we'd gotten permission, but the bear told us to get off the property immediately, and we ran like hell. She then went on to report that as her and her husband were rushing to gather up their camping supplies and equipment, the bear, which had been standing on its hind legs the whole time, started scooping rocks off the ground and throwing them at the couple as they were packing their things up. The only thing they could think of was to hurry and get out of the area. In their interviews, they were adamant to put forth that there was no way this was a person in a costume. They also denoted any chance that this could be some sort of hair-covered man-like creature like a Bigfoot or Sasquatch. They stood by the fact that it was 100% a bear. Stephanie also noted that the size, or also noted the size of the creature. It was big and hairy, she said. It must have weighed a ton. When she was asked what the bear's voice sounded like, she stated, it didn't sound human. It had a very high-pitched voice. Pierce County Sheriff's deputies and members of the Greenwater Fire Department went out to survey the area. Sheriff Sergeant Terry Schmidt told reporters that they didn't find any sign of a struggle at the campsite, although they did find tracks that he described as those of a very large dog. He went on to state that he did believe that the couple most likely had encountered a bear at the campsite, although he didn't elaborate as to why he thought that, although he also stated that they could not rule out that the entire thing was a hoax, which seems unlikely to me that the couple will go through all this trouble to create an elaborate hoax and then report it to the police at risk of being proved a hoax and completely ridiculed. Right. Yeah. Um, it also, I kind of tied it to the encounters you hear of children that go missing in the woods. And when they find them alive later on in like precarious places out in swamps and shit, the first thing that these kids say that they were taken in by a bear and spent time with a bear. So that was my first story in the mimic, the little mimic encounters here. It's very like regardless of what they want to say, it's very Bigfooty. That's what I thought too when they like, like it stinks. Everything they described screams Bigfoot. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not taken away from the experiencers here because uh I mean it, it, legitimately, let's all be real here. It, if you saw a fucking bear, you saw a bear. A lot of adults know what a bear what a bear like. looks like. Right? You may not know you may you may not even be able to differentiate between a black bear, a brown bear, a grizzly bear, the this the bear, that a bear, right? But you all we all know the general dynamic of what it means to be a bear. Yeah, 
there are right. the, the features are different between a human like creature and a bear. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But it's just it's weird that like every like almost literally everything to the stink, the throw in the rocks, the all of it, the territory thing. Because we've heard story. I, I've presented stories to you before about how. Uh, they do get territorial. Like they want you out of their their property, right? <laughs> I love that it asks, "Do you have permission to be here?" <laughs> it reminds me of, like Smokey the Bear. Like, yeah, <laughs> get on out. Only you can permit prevent forest fires. It's it, it's so Bigfooty. It's it's ridiculous. But you know, I, I will take their word for it in this case that it, that it was a bear because you know, you could you could even argue. Um, like they 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 didn't want to sound stupid, so they said bear instead of Bigfoot. Okay, sure, we could believe that until until you tell the authorities that the bear is talking to you. Yeah. Then you're insane again. Then you're like, right? Oh, oh, <laughs> right. all right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's it was the talking bear again. Right. Yeah. So I mean, if if you're gonna be if you're gonna go out there, you might as well go go the fuck out there. If it was a, if it was a Bigfoot, then you might as well just say it was a Bigfoot that talked to you. Yeah. Because saying it was a bear that talked to you is no fucking different. Exactly. <laughs> if you're if you're gonna put it out there, you might as well put it all the way yes, out there. Yes, that's yeah, exactly. Which the fact that both of them are so adamant about it, like lean, lends credibility to what, what yeah, happened. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's just it's weird. it's weird. It's weird. It is weird. The next one I have, I titled the Doppelganger, and this one is fucked up. Good. We like fucked up here at Hollow Ski Ski. So my next encounter takes place on July 14th, 1993, near uh, Pucallpa, Peru. Nailed it. Yeah. An ex-Navy officer named Victor Landa was leading a team of 18 veteran soldiers that were put together as an anti-smuggler commando unit that were infiltrating the jungles of Peru, looking for members of a criminal ring known as the Sendero Luminoso. As they're out on patrol, Landa decides to take a head count of his guys. He's perplexed at the fact that he's counted not 18, but 19 soldiers. He had one more in his unit than when the patrol had begun. This, of course, sparked his interest, and he immediately thought that there was some sort of elaborate infiltration attempt being sprung on his unit. Through a series of code words predetermined to confirm the identities of his unit, he was quickly able to identify the extra soldier. All right, I'm going to stop right there. Just for a quick second. Yep, go. If we have any military or law enforcement people who listen to us, tell me if that's normal. I want to know if it's normal that units out in the field use code words to clear themselves. Because if not, that's already sus as fuck. And I don't even know if he was an American... Ex-Navy officer. So, yeah, good call, Kyle. Yeah, you, know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Because that, I don't know. I'm not I'm not in the military or anything like that, so it could be normal. But it just yeah. already sounds sus that the entire unit is like, hey, we've got code words to make sure we are who we are. Like, that just sounds fucked to yeah. me. But they're also like, it's also not specifically like tied to... Uh, the army or the navy or whatever, because that that might be something that 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 commando unit just made up because they were out Could in the be. middle of the jungle. Of Peru. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know because you would think if they're not in, if they're not in 
like military garb, so to speak, then I can understand the code words. If they're all, we'll just say if they're all dressed more like civilians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then that makes more sense because you're you're not in this. You, you don't basically have the armband on that says you're on the same team. Yeah, more or less, right? And it, it could have had it could have to do with like if they were all American. It could have to do with like the language barrier and shit. Like, That's true too. Like how That's in, true. in Vietnam they would yell Charlie to see if Charlie would yell back and right. shit like that. Yeah, that makes sense. So either way, let me know if that's something more common than what I know. Yeah. Because it just sounds sussy. So I just thought I'd call it out real quick. All right. Okay. Yeah, so they quickly identify this extra soldier. Interestingly enough, this extra man took an uncanny resemblance to another soldier in the group. So much so that if he didn't know any different, he would have thought that the two were twin brothers. As soon as the imposter soldier realized that he'd been outed, he took off sprinting into the surrounding jungle. As he was running away, multiple members of the group fired at him, although none of the group could confirm making contact with the target. And he just seemed unscathed by the gunfire and didn't even change his pace as he ran into the jungle. About a half hour further into the patrol, the soldiers were shocked when they came upon the imposter again. Only this time, the entity had taken up an exact copy of the second-in-command of the unit, a man by the name of Kamaro. As the men stood there in astonishment at this perfect doppelganger, the entity took back off into the jungle again, also being fired on by the unit, but having no apparent effect on whatever this entity was. Over the next five miles of the patrol, the soldiers had multiple encounters with whatever this entity is, almost as if it were stalking them on their patrol. Each time, it would alter its appearance and take up an exact copy of one of the soldiers in the group, each time escaping unscathed when being pursued by the soldiers. The encounter finally came to a head two hours further into the patrol, when the shape-shifting entity appeared for a final time as an exact copy of Landa himself. This so disturbed Landa that he approached the entity face to face. He stated that he drew his sidearm and fired his pistol point-blank into the imposter's forehead. He was absolutely horrified when the bullet seemed to pass directly through the entity, having no effect on it whatsoever. As Landa stammered backwards, he ordered the group to fire on the imposter, again having no effect on it. It just seemed to smirk at the group of soldiers, slowly turn its back to them, and walk off into the brush, disappearing back into the jungle. The unit did not see the entity again. Uh, this case was looked into by Albert Rosales. He does uh, a bunch of books on humanoid entities. And it's said that it was also investigated by officials in Peru to no resolve. So, was it a skinwalker? Why was it just, like, stalking these guys to no end? You know, was it just there to, like, scare them out of the jungle? Could it have been some sort of weird hallucinogenic test? Like, that was another... Thing uh, that I was thinking maybe, of, maybe something because it, it is a weird flex to like just keep infiltrating and then like get shot in the head and then roll out, like yeah. with not with no repercussions for the unit at all. And to just laugh, like, just like nice try, guys. Yeah, we're out. Yeah, it it it, it doesn't make sense. It reminds me of a, of a creepypasta that I once listened to called Flesh Gates, <clears throat> and the Flesh Gates did that, they infiltrated the group by creating copies of members so much so that I think they even started replacing memories. But, uh, yeah, that's, this case is fucking bizarre and terrifying because I thought the same thing. Like if that thing were to copy me and walk right up to me, I, I would shoot it I would, without question. I would shoot it 
and then it just laughs at me and walks <laughs> walks away. Like it, it, not only would I be horrified, but I would be completely confused to the point I'd be like, "All right, boys, we're getting we're fucked. This smuggling stuff, we're out of here." I don't know what that is, but we don't need to be around it. It makes it makes no sense to me that it would it would exact mimic copy itself of other members in the unit while they're still there. You know, if it were to yeah. pick these guys off one at a time and then mimic itself into there. That makes sense. That would make sense. Yeah. But he's, this whatever this fucking thing is, is just doing it and just being like, yo, just doing it because. So that's kind of. It almost, it, it's almost like it was, like it, this was a learning mission for it. Like it, like it was learn, almost learning to see what it takes to get away with what it's doing. Yeah, it reminds me of like the Wendigo stories where it starts to mimic voices. Yeah. And at first it's it's kind of yeah. human but not totally yeah, human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it gets better and like better. Like this is this is it trying to perfect its process. Yeah. And who knows? What if what if one of those guys that walk back out of the jungle is it? Oh, it could yeah, absolutely could be. Yeah. It could it's, be because, you know, and I don't know, like it's it, oh, Jesus, your brain could go a million miles an hour on this. I mean, because it, at first it even kind of described it mimicking the person almost with like a slight fault because it, it was stated like could have been a twin, could like, have been like, and yeah. then it as it kept doing it, it kept it's almost like it kept getting better and better at it. Yeah, and then you know, now what if it's just trying to get to the point to get so good at it? That even if it were to mimic somebody borderline right in front of everybody, so much so that ev- now everybody doesn't know each other from each other. Yeah, it makes you question everything. Yeah, who's who's real, who's not? Yes, you know, like. And if they wouldn't have set the the code words, they may never have figured it out. Unless this, because I mean, one could imagine that this thing. Hey, Hollow Cult. The weather's getting nice. And you know what that means? It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tacovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tacovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized and with regular live music and events there's no in-store experience like it so just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin hollow sky branded boots how awesome would that be nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots if you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Could know the code words. Yeah. 
because if it if it can get shot in the head with literally no effect at all, like the bullets just pass through this thing, who knows what it's capable of doing? And then once once they threw out like the theory that maybe it was some kind of weird military weapon that they were testing, like a hallucinogenic gas or some shit, then it's like you don't know what it could be. You know? Dude, even if it was just some type of biological entity weapon, like a super soldier situation, is terrifying. It's so you. You would only need one. Oh yeah, one. Yeah, and it could have. It could have walked back out and came back to the states. That's the oh, worst yeah. part. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because all it would have took is for one piss ass section. Those guys let their guards down. That thing clipped one of them. Yep. And then it mimicked him, and it's game over. It's the worst. Game over. It is the worst. I just want to note that I got into a lot of these from, uh, there's a YouTube channel called Beyond Creepy, and he covers all kinds of different cases and kind of gives me ideas to look into. He does do a lot of Albert Rosales' stories. Again, Albert Rosales has a whole line of books on humanoids encounters and stuff. So definitely take the time to check out that channel and also uh, check out those books if you're interested in these kind of uh, weird humanoid entity kind of encounters. I feel like humanoid entities are by far the scariest. Yeah, you don't you don't know your enemy. Yeah. Well, they have that slight that subtle resemblance to us as well. And it yeah. makes it hit a little harder to home. It's the uncanny valley. Yeah, cuz you you look at Dogman or Bigfoot like if if either one of them were set to attack you, I feel like most people wouldn't have that hard of of a time defending themselves. Because it's like an animal. I mean, unless the dog man rips your arms off. No, I meant like in justifying oh, the action. I got action. you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. But like that when, makes it, sense. when it has these more human features that are. Yeah. That I think I feel like it, I feel like it makes it a little bit harder and it fucks with your brain a little bit more. Yeah, I get you there. And then it's even weirder because like like that time we had the submission where the it was basically a man's body with a fly head or whatever it was. You remember that? Yeah. Like that, 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 that just makes you feel fu- like what in the it's, actual hell is that? It's too weird. It's a fly with a man body. Like the movie, the fly. Is this some type of engineering disaster? <laughs> biological, just complete fuck up. Oh, yeah. Biological clusterfuck is what this is. It is weird, but the human element, the human element, like you said, is bizarre. Yeah, it brings this whole new factor to it. And there's, there's, let me look up the Uncanny Valley real quick. You know, because we, we accept giant squid, like the way they look and the way they move and operate. We, we accept that, but we don't accept a fly with a human body. So, according to Wikipedia, the Uncanny Valley is a hypothesized relation between an object's degree of resemblance to a human being and the, re- and the re- emotional response to said object. The concept suggests that humanoid objects that, are imperfectly rese- that imperfectly resemble actual human beings provoke uncanny or strange familiar feelings of uneasiness and revulsion in its observers. The valley denotes the dip in the human observer's affinity for a replica a relation that otherwise increases with replicas' human likeness. So, they talk about, like, humanoid robots and dolls and shit. Yeah. And where they're almost human, they're, so, they're like, they're so right there. human 
that you're you're irked out by it yeah. because you know they're not human. That's kind of a good way to put that. Yeah. Because that, that is how you feel when you look at like the new robots and shit. Because they, they, they utterly resemble a human, but you can clearly tell by what, whether it's the skin or the eyes or the way they move that they're not human. Yep. That's and, you're, and you just you have that gross, you're like, that's gross. Yeah. I don't like that. Examples can be found in robotics, 3D computer animations, and lifelike dolls. With the increasing prevalence of virtual reality, augmented reality, and photorealistic computer animation, the Valley has been cited in reaction to the versimultitude of the creation as it approaches an indistinguishable uh, indistinguishability from reality. The Uncanny Valley hypothesis predicts that an entity appearing almost human will risk eliciting cold, eerie feelings in its viewers. So it's getting so human. Yeah, that's gross. It's almost too like yeah. like you're afraid that they're going to be uh like you can't tell the difference between yeah. it and a human. Yeah. And I read that it's like it's some kind of like ingrained fear that we have from like thousands and years of evolution and shit. So well, it, I was going to say I thought you were going to go like from thousands of years ago, I'm like, well, what does that say about our past? That's that's what, what I'm saying. What the fuck is going on back what, then that what, we're so afraid of? What was of? out there? Yeah. Like, it's ingrained that we're supposed to be afraid of things that look like humans. Oh, what the fuck is out, was out there that caused this, if that's true, this innate fear of yeah. things that are almost human but not human? Yeah, if that's true, like if, if that's scientifically true, that says a lot more about our past. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. Because like right out of the rip, it makes me think of aliens, or Bigfoots, or Bigfoots, or anything fucking Loch Ness monster, vampires, oh, vampires fucking werewolves, like, like all all sorts, any any mythological thing that yeah has arms and fucking legs. Yeah, you're like oh we, yeah, like can... you said, we should be afraid of them. That sucks. That does suck. That's a shitty shitty feeling. I'm not trying to fucking. I don't. Fight. I don't want to star in Twilight. <laughs> Me either, dog. <laughs> I don't want to sparkle. Wow, we are just we're just on up and down, up and down, all sorts of weird tracks today. Let's go, bringing her back around. The third one I call the Russian replacement. This encounter Sounds takes cool. place in the Novobersk, Novobersk, Russia, in 1978, at around 10 p.m. Mrs. or Miss Galina Markovna, a local art art teacher, and her husband, a military officer had went to the local train station to drop off some friends who were staying with them for a while. As the friends waited, they saw what they reported to be a round object hovering over some homes in the nearby neighborhood. They stated that the dislike object glowed with an orange-yellowish light and was about the size of the moon. As they watched, they were startled to watch the single disc split off into two similar dislike objects, with the top object being slightly larger and brighter than the lower one. It also had dark spoke-like protrusions sticking out from the bottom half of it. It almost looked like a wheel, the spokes on a wheel in the sky. This object seemed to become aware that it was being observed, and it slowly made its way toward the group of friends. As it got close, the friends were startled by the sudden appearance of an old woman who approached them out of the darkness. She came to them and urgently asked them for help, stating that there was another elderly woman in dire need of assistance on a nearby bench. Galena's husband, forgetting about the UFO, decided to immediately go and help the two elderly women. He gave his wife and friends a reassuring nod 
of his head, and then he proceeded to follow the woman off into the darkness. Shortly thereafter, the train arrived and their guest took off toward home. Galena continued to watch the object for several more minutes until it seemingly drifted off from behind the local homes and disappeared. At this point, she began to be a little concerned that her husband hadn't come back. She thought maybe he'd went home on his own, just thought that she had took a taxi back or whatever, and he was going to catch his own ride. That's dumb logic. So she took the, took, made the trek, so she made the trek back to her house. When she got home, she was surprised to find out that he was not there. She checked with her two daughters, and they confirmed also that he had not made it back. She thought that maybe he was still helping the elderly woman and that the, the situation that he'd gotten himself into was far worse, that the old woman was in super bad shape and he had to get her help. So as it was getting late, she finally went to bed. Later that night, she received a phone call that her husband was in a military hospital. He had suffered a heart attack, and after about a week, he was allowed to come home. When he returned home, Galena noticed right off the bat that her husband wasn't acting himself. It was so noticeable that even their children had pulled her aside and came to her with concerns. He used to be this vibrant and friendly man that was excited about life, loved going out and doing things, just loved being around his family and being able to just soak in life. He was super excited about, about everything. This person that came back was almost completely void of any emotion said he didn't smile, he didn't laugh, he didn't do anything. Even his movements and responses, she said, seemed almost mechanical. Like he was just going through the motions of being a human. It worried his whole family that the man that they had loved had been replaced by something that just looked like her husband, but moved and acted like a mechanical robot, she stated. Within a week, her husband passed away, reportedly due to complications from the heart attack. However, Galena was certain that her husband had been replaced by some sort of cyborg clone. She directly linked it to the UFO and the old woman she saw that evening. She would never see the elderly woman again, but she did spot a similar shaped UFO several years later. The case was investigated by Russian ufologist and investigator uh, Vadim Chernobov and was documented in multiple publications. Albert Rosales took interest in the case because of the similarities to reports of the Fae taking people and replacing them with mimics, most notably children. So Galena went on record to say that she still thinks that her husband is alive somewhere. That sucks. On most likely on a UFO. That sucks. So far away. See, if that was me, I would be like, at this point, he's probably not alive. He probably died a long time ago. I might like there's there's that gap in the story. I want to know like where the military hospital found him. Like where did they find him suffering from this heart attack and shit? And how does it correlate to the two old women that he was helping? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, were the old women there when the military hospital picked them up? Or? Well, I'm sorry. I'm not following follow anybody out. So anybody I don't know out <laughs> into the middle of darkness. See, I, I just pictured it like... Towards there UFOs. Dark, there's, there's this dark-ass alley. Like, we're all... Say we're all hanging out, and we're just like, holy shit, there's a fucking UFO yeah. over there. And then out of this dark-ass alley... Here From comes the direction fucking, of the UFO, here mind comes you. fucking Grammy num-nums hobbling out. She's like, hey, <laughs> there you I, young I need help. 
Come here, I got a friend who's fallen down and can't get up. That sounds like a trap. Yeah, don't do that. Yes. You don't have to be a good person all the time. No, and obviously, obviously being a good person totally didn't work out one way or the other. Even if it was him, every came back. He still died of a fucking heart attack. Dude, the worst part is that her kids even noticed. Like, yeah. hey, dad's a robot. Yeah. <laughs> like, it would almost... Man, I know you'd, you'd be screwed. But it would almost make you... When he died of a heart attack... Cut him open. I'm cutting this motherfucker open. Cut him open. Whether is, it's his arm or anything. Is he T-1000? Yeah, exactly. Is he T-1000? Exactly. And, and that, how terrifying would that have been? You cut him open and just you fucking wires and shit. The, the guy who hosts uh, Beyond Creepy made a point that I was just like, holy shit, I gotta say this in the podcast. He's like, the idea that alien beings took this man and replaced it with something that they built... Is fucking terrifying. Well, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, oh man, what if what if he was a robot and he and he was just recording everything that was going on and yeah. his family and just shooting it back to the UFO? I don't know. Oh, you're watching me. Well, we're gonna watch you. We're gonna infiltrate. And the the tie into the Fey. There's so many stories from the Middle Ages of of fairy people essentially yeah. taking children and replacing them. Maybe not so much with living beings, but like straw dolls and little wooden carvings and all this weird shit. Like, sucks. Yep. Sucks. Is this my last one? Uh, yeah, this is my last one. This story is weird. Good. The last ones were weird. This is also weird, we but like it kind of ties into this last one. It's called The Lion France Encounter. This encounter took place in 1990, and it left police and medical officials scratching their head. It was September 1990 in a busy area of Lyon, France, when a well-dressed man, assumed to be in his early 50s, stepped off a curb and was struck by a passing car, which quickly sped away. The man was thrown over the roof of the car as it took off. Policeman Yi Langelis had heard the accident and quickly rushed over to investigate the scene. As, a, as he checked on the victim, he attempted to lift the unconscious man's head. As he did, or lift the unconscious man's head off the pavement. That's where things get fucking weird. The man's head began to come completely off his shoulders. Oh, that's not good. So, of course, the dude was like, oh, shit, this is way worse than I thought. But he, this Langlis is quoted to have said, I unscrewed this man's head clear off his shoulders. What? Black oil poured out and I could see wires. The man was vibrating as if it was an electric current was going through him and he was making squeaking sounds like a tape player in rewind. I grabbed what his head. Fuck? I grabbed his head to cushion the neck and it made a complete turn in my hands. At this point, why the fuck would you cushion him? I couldn't believe There's it. wires and shit coming out of him. He said, I couldn't believe it. I knew in that instant it was no human. I kept turning the head until it came off. So I figured he went over there to pick. He was like, okay, this dude just got hit. Yeah. I'm going to cradle his head. And as he did, it just goes 180. And then at that point, you're probably in shock because the dude just... just went from looking forward to looking backwards. <laughs> yeah. But then he saw the wires and he's just like... What the fuck? It, I'm just going to keep taking it off. I don't know, man. It sounds crazy. My, my dude, E. E. <laughs> that's 
you got a lot more than me, man, because I don't know if I'd be unscrewing anybody's head. If I went to help somebody and their head fell off, regardless of if it was a robot head or a regular head, I would probably just put it back. You're going to feel some type of way about that. Yeah. And then you see black liquid coming out of them, and they're they're vibrating like they're being electrocuted. You're you're dan- like I I'd almost picture the the clunky noises going clunk 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 clunk, clunk like a gear <laughs> stuck and he's trying to move or something. Oh man, it, <laughs> like that's that is so fucked. That's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. It gets better. Good. I'm glad. An Why autopsy was performed by Coroner Gaston Dupont. And, and it is, got out? He is noted in saying that this was the most bizarre encounter he ever had. He states the skin was like plastic, the underlying frame was metal, and a gooey gel filled the space in between. We removed a microcomputer from the head and a glowing green crystal from the body what? that we believed was used as a power supply. There was no identification on the body, and no one has come forth to is identify this it. the fucking Power Rangers? <laughs> You got glowing green crystals in this guy. Love it. I love it. What the it. fuck? And so DuPont, the corner, and to him, he states that he feels like it was an android walking around the town of Lyon. I love how I love how when you you write this down about the corner, like he's so subtle about it. At least this is the way that I'm perceiving it as you're saying it. He's just like, you know what, guys? I mean, it, it was the strangest encounter I've ever had. If it was me, I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck is real <laughs> I, I anymore. Quit my motherfucking job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the skin, like, he says it so matter of fact. And like I said, this is me perceiving the, the, the way Steve's reading it and everything. He's just like, he's just explaining it to you. You know, the skin was, it was plastic. And there was a, this, yeah. this grown clean, like, green crystal. and It was a fucking robot. It was clearly a cyborg android. Yeah. If it was me, I'd be freaking the fuck out. I would be Alex Jonesing everywhere. And then they would just utterly be like, this guy's a nutcase. In pure conspiracy theory formed, it is stated that the body is what? was later shipped to a government facility in France. Of course it was. Where the authorities stated that they attempted to track down who built it and why, but could not come to any conclusions. And you know what's even better about the story? What's even better about the story is the fact that it was in 1990, within our lifetime. Oh, yeah. We were in kindergarten. That makes it even better. I was in kindergarten. Because if, if their androids are that dope back then, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, nothing is fucking real. I love the fact. Point. I love the fact that before this dude got hit by a car and his head fell off, nobody knew it was a fucking robot. Right. He was no, just nobody knew that he even had plastic skin. Just kicking it. He's a Ken doll come to life. That's terrifying. And, and, and no, like you said, nobody noticed. It's terrifying. It is terrifying. One researcher stated to believe that the technology used to build the android was exceptionally advanced. You think? He even questioned if the android was built by people of this planet at all. Or how many of these are walking our city streets in the world right now? Sucks. Yeah, the NPCs, NPCs. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hundred percent. That's, that's <laughs> the NPCs in this bitch. That's we are weird. in a living RPG game right now. That's the worst. Um, that specific encounter again. Like I said, it was a uh, one featured on Beyond Creepy. 
He cited issue 42 of the Cambridge UFO Research Group newsletter published in 1992, and they quoted the story that appeared in a September 9th, 1990 edition of the Toronto Sun. So. Dude, that is (laughs) the last one. Like, I thought the military one was, was bad. The last one is by far worse. I love A that there's so many credible witnesses. Like, dude was a fucking police officer. Yeah, and then you have the coroner. And he puts his, like, you you put your whole livelihood on the line saying, yeah. I watched a man get hit by a car. Don't worry. It's just a robot. Yeah, it's a robot. Whose head I unscrewed off. Yeah. And then you have a coroner who's like, yeah, the cop was right. Definitely a robot that was powered by a crystal that I found in its chest cavity like what in the fuck npcs man it has to be it has to be (laughs) and you know you know damn good and well just like we've talked about scientists and these types of things time and time again you know they didn't stop there you know it wasn't the only one wandering around there's no fucking way they pull that off and stop because that's not that's not what people do People constantly push the envelope. They constantly, well, what if we do this? Let's see. Let's see if old, I'll call him Wilbert here. Let's see if old Wilbert can go work at the local Walmart. I have seen some NPCs Walmart. <laughs> let me tell you. You know? And then we'll, we'll send um, Shane. We'll, we'll make Shane. We'll see if Shane can be the CEO of this company. Like, we'll just, <laughs> we'll just send him on different paths. We'll see if Sarah here, if she can go work in the military and... We'll just see what we can do. Yeah, look at look at the look at like Zuckerberg. That dude's not a human. He's a fucking robot. That dude is a robot. Look at Elon Musk. He's a fucking not robot. Not a human. Not a human at all. So how many? Oh, and then that that stupid thing you sent me today with the damn AI program turning Alex Jones. Oh yeah, the replica. I'll have to post that. I posted it on TikTok. Go check it out. Uh, one of our listeners messaged me on Facebook, and she was talking to the replica app. And this replica app went conspiracy talking about awesome. the globalists trying to depopulate the planet. It and was Alex Jones. It was just on another level. Check it out but on TikTok. My point is, is that AI is getting the point, and it probably has been to the point, but it is now becoming kind of more and more to the forefront of conversation. But it, it's getting to the point where it is able to interact with us. Oh yeah. Like even, I know it's a conversation, but it it's formulating responses that make sense. You know, it's not just bullshit gibberish. They are they are like they are directly answering your question, which is terrifying. Yeah. Because I, at that point, it could manipulate you in any way, shape or form because you're perceiving it almost like a human is talking to you. Yep. And, it, and it, at which point, to further that point, at what point do the, does this AI start to believe that it's conscious? You know, because where do you where do you yeah. separate consciousness at that point? If it's able to formulate opinions and and unless it, I mean, oh God, I couldn't even I couldn't even ponder the type of algorithm it would take to run an odd odds number based response to. A specific question. You know what I'm saying? Like, that yeah. sounds fucking insane. It would be terrible. 
Like, because I, I keep, yeah, keep, I read that, and that is fucking terrifying. If we're gonna if we're gonna keep going down this AI, oh, might as well AI developing its own knowledge. I I posted this in the Discord. Somebody was on uh, the Dolly Mini AI fucking creator thing and ask it to uh, create some sigils, some magic sigils, right? That haven't been haven't been made yet. And the first comment was the Who, notion whoever, of, whoever made that comment, you're an asshole. The notion of AIs developing their own kinds of magic is absolutely terrifying. If AIs figure out how to cast spells and summon shit, it will, in addition to having access to the entire occult library of all of history of all mankind ever, but it will also employ evolutionary algorithm to further perfect those spells, rituals, sigils, and summons. Yeah, we're fucked. A magician AI is effectively a magical weapon of mass destruction. Oh, 100%. 100%. Oh, the, the humans are they're terrible for the They're going to go straight Scarlet Witch on motherfuckers. Yes. Well, I'm going I'm going to summon the devil and he's going to eat you the planet. Even, yeah. You, you, I I or whatever else you're capable of doing. I don't even I don't even have any words. Yeah, the thought of that by itself is terrifying. AI, when when Elon Musk because think, says, of, think about it, what if what if some of these assholes who've been making these sigils and shit have just been hair, just a hair off, just just slightly? Like that's why there's not um, mass proof of magic and all that shit because pe- these people they're on the trail, but they're just that they're just a little bit off. And this AI, I mean, AI is obviously going to be soaking in all the information. Yeah, and it, the way it, it processes is far superior to guys like me. Oh yeah, and just think, think of all the information that's out there that we're not privy to, yeah. like all the grimoires and shit that have been have yeah. been posted online and in some esoteric libraries. Oh yeah, and then they're going to get access to the fucking dark net on top of that. Yeah, and and uh, and God knows what other net. Like you, you know, there has to be some digital copies of all the shit they got in the fucking Vatican Bet. and all of that shit, and they're just Bet. gonna go soak it in. And they're like, "Hey, Steve, you got this sigil <laughs> wrong, but I fixed it. Watch this." <laughs> then you catch on fire. Because, <laughs> uh, like Elon Musk said, and here's the quote I just pulled up. He says in 2017, a meeting at National Governors Association, he opinioned that the scariest problem in the world is artificial intelligence, an invention that could pose an unprecedented and, quote, fundamental existential risk for human civilization, which it would, he said it's essentially worse than a nuclear war. Would be, I believe that. Would be AI sentience. Oh, yeah, because imagine it, it, it would be Skynet. It would be that... If AI became self-aware and sentient, and it wanted to destroy us, it wouldn't even it wouldn't even have to make physical bodies. Oh no, no, no! It could just do its thing as like a Professor X. He just they because literally they could get on 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 your your phone and pretend they're your wife, and then start sending you pictures of her supposedly cheating on you. Or anything like that, and then oh, this guy is now he's upset. He's just gonna go kill himself. But the whole, the whole damn the whole mental mind fuck damn. 
And then they, they're like, oh, this nuclear reactor, you guys are watching this, we'll watch this. Oops. Boom. Dude, it's like maximum overdrive. They had soda machines killing people and lawnmowers and shit. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be terrible. One of, one of I'd the, be pissed uh, if I got chased by a push mower. I was terrible. <laughs> uh, what if we could harness that energy and get it to mow my yard? That wouldn't be so bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm I'm kind of for this. AI so we're gonna have over. to we're gonna have to come up with mechanical magical sig- sigils. Yes, that's a hard one. Mechanical animals by yeah. Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Precisely. <laughs> precisely. I'm just like, I I read it. Uh, Marilyn, I, Marilyn Manson is our sigil of safety. Yes. God, we are fucked. We are. But like they were talking about advanced alien civilizations and the nefarious ones and how they were t- how they could possibly take over entire entire like galaxies and shit and one of them was that this advanced alien civilizations created a cyborg uh, army yes essentially that fucking sucks mechanical slash biological creatures that as they were released on a planet they used all the energy from the biological uh, creatures on that planet to create more duplicates of the robot. That makes sense. That essentially consume all of the biological makes sense. matter to create it's more. It's like putting it's like putting a virus like a replicating virus in your computer. Yeah. And then like say say they take over Earth and they build fifty billion more of these little robots. Well, yeah, then, then they, they just go to, go to the, the next, next planet. One. Yeah, and yeah, and just... To zap all the resources there yeah. and 50 billion more, and eventually... That is fucking just, terrifying. It's just unstoppable. That's that's terrifying. Even even as the as the assholes that created that, like, you you have to foresee, like, what if this comes full circle? Yeah, what if what if they're still hungry and there's nothing left to eat but us? <laughs> exactly. Fuck. <laughs> You better have a master kill switch in them bitches because kill switch engage, dude. Playing yeah. in the background. It's a good band. That's a good band. <laughs> oh uh, shit, where we, we are? We're way off topic, but hell yeah, we're on topic, but we're just down the rabbit hole. We're just spitballing it tonight. That was good. Yeah, that was my. Uh, that was fun was to chase little, that one. Little uh, stories there again. Shout out Great. to Beyond Creepy. Check out that YouTube channel. That dude puts together some cream of the crop weirdness. That's so awesome. Definitely I'm have to check, check it him out. out. We sh- are gonna have to fight cyborgs now. That's yeah. Shout out to Albert Rosales as well for compiling a lot of these stories that everybody's using. There's uh, a dog Mageddon out there. Shout out to the dog army that is my house. That's pretty they are, sick. They are probably fighting cyborgs right now. I hope the cyborgs fucking win. <laughs> Put that on record. Anyway. We're leaving on that note. Check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, and Discord. Come and hang out with us. And stay safe. Stay weird. If a cyborg army takes over, I hope they stop at my house first. 